Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I want to go ahead and shine a spotlight on one of you who has decided to take time out of your busy day and leave me a review on iTunes. Ellen Allard, thank you. She says, I follow Rick Barker on all socials as soon as I see that he's uploaded a new podcast. I make time to listen to it. His podcasts are short enough to digest without taking a huge chunk out of my day. There's always valuable information to learn from. If I'm driving while listening, I'll make it a point to return to it and listen again and take notes. I always make it my business to learn from and implement Rick's info as soon as I can. Also, the lessons I glean from Rick's podcast, whether he is speaking or one of his podcast guests is speaking, is applicable even in my tiny little micro niche. I am a children's performer and composer. Rick's impact has been spot on the money. Thank you, Rick. No, Ellen, thank you very much. If you want to head over to iTunes and leave a review, I focus on one of you each and every episode. All right, in this episode, we're going to talk about the re-record that Taylor Swift has been talking about in the news, what that means, how that will affect things moving forward, all of that right after this. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? because the music industry is constantly evolving and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, before we get into the re-record issue, what does that mean? How's it going to affect things? Let me start by saying that I am absolutely digging Taylor's new record. Uh, I told you guys I'm, I'm a huge fan. I've always been a fan of her songwriting. My two favorites, people keep asking me what are my two favorites. I love The Man and Paper Rings. The track on Paper Rings is one of my favorite tracks. I mean, it just gets me up dancing, moving around, and the cleverness of her lyrics once again. Uh, the Man, you've got to listen to it. So check it out. I'll make sure that you've got a link inside of the show notes. So as Taylor was making the rounds on the television shows, one of the questions that got brought up was, are you going to re-record your first records so that you can own the masters? And she said, absolutely, according to her contract. At a certain date, she's able to go in and re-record these records. So what does that mean? What that means is that she has the ability to create new recordings of her original records. So she will go back to her very first self-titled record called Taylor Swift, and she will re-record every single song. So that means now if anyone is to buy the new versions of the old songs, she 
as the master owner would get all the proceeds. So no longer because her new record deal means that she owns her master. So Universal wouldn't own these. Taylor would actually own them. It doesn't change what's happening with her original music. What's going to be interesting with all of this is, I mean, she's almost 30 years old now. The songs off her first record vocally when she recorded them, she was 15, 16 years old. You know, back then her voice wasn't as developed as it is right now. So it's going to be real interesting to see how much they try to duplicate what was originally done with the production wise. I'm curious if maybe she goes back to the original producers of the original uh, records. You know, Nathan Chapman was her producer in in the very beginning and then you know max martin comes into the picture and things like that so it'll be interesting to see if she goes back and how much she tries to replicate what she did uh 10 years ago you know or longer so it'll be really interesting so what that means though is the fans are like great taylor's gonna get all her music back no she's actually going to own the masters of the new recordings so she'll also have the ability to make decisions on what happens with those new recordings. That was part of what uh, she wanted from her original recordings was to be able to own the master, who controls the master, you know, what movies could it go in or commercials or things like that. There's so many different responsibilities that come along with owning the master, but she's going to go back and re-record her original. I guess there's five records that she's able to do right now. Now, some people might be asking, why is there a re-record clause in a contract anyway? So let's say, for example, Taylor releases her first record. The record company made the investment and covered the cost of recording that record. Let's say for whatever reason, first song doesn't work, they decide to drop her. Then she goes and signs with another label and she goes in and re-records all those songs that were on the original record. The record companies will put a re-record clause in their contract because they're going to ultimately try to make back at least what they have uh, invested in that first record. And it would be really hard to do if there was another record just like it out in the marketplace. Does that make sense? So they want the opportunity over a certain period of time, they may say, uh, five years may say, you know, five years from dismissal of your contract, whatever your attorney and you guys worked out, uh, that's what the re-record clause will be so that the record company does have a chance if it chooses to do so. A lot of times, unfortunately, they'll just shelf the record, nothing will happen. And that's when it really sucks for an artist is like, wow, I put all my heart and soul into these songs that I now can't release to the world because the record company dropped me and they're not planning to do anything with it. So sometimes then an artist will go in and try to renegotiate and say, we'll pay what you put into it. Can we get that? There's been situations, I know this happened recently, uh, speaking of Big Machine, Sugarland had recorded a record on Universal. Universal didn't have any plans to put it out. So part of the contract was that they would go in and buy the masters back from Universal and then they could go and put it out. So now you didn't have to re-record a record. You bought the record. The record was able to go out. The first record company got their investment back. The other record company didn't have to go in and wait to produce a record. It was already produced and then they could start making money uh, from day one on this record. So it's very confusing. 
Unfortunately, I was told a long time ago, the record industry is one of the only industries where you have to plan the divorce before you actually get married. So make sure that if you're going out there trying to sign contracts, make sure who's going to control and own the master. If someone else is putting up all the money and they're going to own the master, try to get some kind of reversion where after recoupment, you get a percentage back. Do the same thing with your publishing and also find out what your re-record is right now. Try to make sure that you put a date on when they need to release music. And if for whatever reason they let you out of your contract, you want the option to be able to buy the masters back from them and you get that all worked out in the very beginning. So I know this one was a little technical, but some people have been asking me what it meant when she said that she was going to re-record her songs. I hope that explained it. I hope I explained what a re-record was, and I hope your brain has not exploded. Hey, if you're questioning right now whether it is that you should have a manager in your music career, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by ManageMyMusicCareer.com. Go take the free manager assessment, find out where you stand currently, and then you'll get invited to participate in a free manager training. Are you ready for a manager? Take the assessment. Go to managemymusiccareer.com and find out. You'd do me a favor and share this with anyone you think could benefit. If you haven't subscribed or left a review, please do so. You could be featured on the next episode, but more importantly, go out and have yourself a fantastic day. And we'll talk on the next episode. Ciao. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there.